0: You're listening to Simple Roots Radio, episode number 144. And today we're talking about why you need to be living seasonally and the perfect spring and summer seasonal guide. Welcome to Simple Roots Radio with Alexa Sherm. Alexa believes that simplicity in life is the key to achieving true and lasting health. And now your host, Alexa Sherm. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is a place to get healthy, Live happy and find more joy. I'm so glad you're here. Today, we're talking about one of my favorite subjects, and that's seasonality. Now, this idea of living seasonal is becoming trendy and fun, but I promise you, there's so much more to it than that. In fact, some believe it's one of the most powerful things you can do to resist disease in your body, like to heal your body and to thrive. I think so many of us like live in the survival mode all the time. And I know that I can find myself here and I used to live here of like, we're just trying to dig ourselves out of a hole all the time and we can't really be it on an even playing field. Well, seasonality brings just that. Not to mention food tastes better. It's more healthy and less expensive, plus it just feels so right. And I'm going to share my experience with living seasonal since last year when I really dug into this idea of seasonality and living with the seasons, not just for health, but like relationally, spiritually, all the things. So I'm going to share my story with that and just really get you to a place where you desire to do this too, because it is so awesome. And if you've been following along and you've been living seasonally, kudos to you. Congratulations. Congratulations. You have been asking for this podcast to get the spring and summer rhythms guide about how you can live and change your routines to fit the seasons, to live more in tune with how your body is technically wanting to thrive. So like I said, last year I started digging into this idea of seasonality and I realized that so much of life is just seasonal. And I think Too often we like have this rigid set structure that we feel that we need to live on. Like we're so consumed by consistency, which can be great, that we forget that there's a natural ebb and flow to life and our body actually thrives there. So when we're too routine and we're too structured and we do the same thing day in and day out, it is actually a detriment to the body. It is very stressful. Now, just to give you an idea about why this is true, so you can like go along with me before we actually get into today's podcast. So when we look at people who follow the exact same number of calories day in and day out, like you can get it down to a T, you micromanage it, and then you exercise on the other hand day in and day out. What we find is that this works in the short term. But long term, it actually has the opposite effect on the body. And the reason for this is, is because our body is constantly changing. Based on the environment, based on our relationships, based on what's happening in our life, based on the foods that are in season and the climate, all the things are actually having a major effect on our body. And when we do the same thing consistently day in and day out, it actually creates a stress in the body. We're going to talk about things like metabolic compensation, but also the stress response inside the body. And that stress response is what's leading to inflammation, weight gain, exhaustion, all the things that we're trying to avoid. Um, And that's where seasonality comes in, is that you can start to honor your biofeedback signals and start to really get a grasp for what your body needs in the moment, and then you can start to fulfill that. And that is where we see our body go from surviving to thriving, and that's where I want you to go. So like I said, last year, I started digging into this. I did an entire podcast that you're going to want to go back to where we just dove specifically into the importance of seasonality and what it's doing to your body. I'm going to link that up in the show notes. But then we did a little bonus episode on the fall and winter rhythms guide for how your body's going to best adjust based on the environment. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to give you a little refresher on why seasonality is important, especially if you haven't listened to this podcast before. Welcome. So glad you're here. Or even if you have, it's just a good reminder about the importance of change and Flowing and rhythms and routines and all the things and really just living based on the seasons. So we're going to dig into that today, and then we're going to get into what you should be doing for spring and summer. And as always, I have a free handout for you that you can find over in the show notes at wellness.com backslash 144. In this guide, you're going to get all the produce items that are in season, some lifestyle changes that you can make, like how to form a routine based on the spring season and one on the summer. In the fall and winter, we kind of put the guide all as one, but spring and summer are actually more critical to change they're much different seasons than fall and winter where we're like kind of on the same wavelength. In fact, summer and spring are quite opposite. Spring is like this whole season in its own and it's a really powerful season. And it's the one that we're in, which is exciting because so much change can happen in the spring season. It's actually known, spoiler alert, for detoxification, for cleansing and getting rid of. So it's a great time to like get more energy, lose a little weight, all the things that you're probably looking for. Anyways, We're going to dive into that. But before we get there, I just want to remind you to head on over to the show notes where you can get all the information for today's show. Of course, after you're done listening to this, the show notes can always be found at somefartswellness.com backslash 144. So make sure you check that out. While you're there, sign up for my email list. I'm going to be sharing so many good things based on seasonality, but currently I'm actually going through a weekly... Email where I'm sharing what I'm learning from my therapist. Like, this is really powerful stuff. I'm just giving you a glimpse of where I am in my life, which is important, and we can just connect on a deeper level. I say this all to like prep you for what's to come this summer. Here on the podcast, we're doing another mindset series because it was so popular last summer. And this summer, in the mindset series, we're specifically going to dive into anxiety um, and how we can kind of free ourselves from the mindset traps of that and live a more positive life. I have so many. Crazy awesome guests coming on the show, and I cannot wait to share them with you. So, make sure you stay tuned, follow Simperids Radio, check out old podcasts, the new ones that are upcoming. Um, and this summer, we have a brand new guide that's coming out. It's a long guide, it's really going to help you dive into the mindset, and it's absolutely free. So, pretty cool. Anyway, stay tuned for all that. If you're on the email list, you will be getting all of that. In the meantime, let's dive back into seasonality. So, first, Let's break down. Why is seasonality important? Well, there's this thing about seasonality, and I I think in this climate-controlled environment that we live in, where like our temperature inside our house is always the same, we can buy produce no matter what season it is, at all times of the year, right? Like we don't have a lot of variation in our normal everyday lives. But what's fascinating about this is that our body was naturally designed to be seasonal. So like, for instance, like we can see a pregnancy season that comes with lots of different changes inside the body and lots of different cravings. The same thing happens like going from child to adolescence to an adult to um, menopausal, like all the things, right? There are so many seasons of life and we can get outside of just talking environmental seasons, which are actual physical seasons that we can see that come rhythmically year in and year out. But we also have a lot of life seasons. And what I was finding is that in this race to be healthy, What I was learning is that there are so many static options to that and those static options really weren't creating the change that I wanted to see inside of people. And as I went through this period of time of having babies and nursing and then trying to get myself back to normal, what I realized is that the static lifestyle was not working. It was suffocating and it was draining and it wasn't really getting me the results that I wanted to see. The same goes for my relationships, right? Like the more I just live statically to life instead of the ebbs and flows, the more frustrated I felt like I was getting, the more trapped that I felt and the less healthy that any of this felt in my life. Like all things were becoming more unhealthy. The more I try to keep things the same, like tightly regulate them, which there's nothing wrong with that in the short term. But I think that there's something really powerful to understanding that all of life is seasonal, whether it's the environmental seasons or just the different phases of life. And if we can't start to work with those, we are really going to become more miserable, more unhappy, right? Like we're going to become frustrated. Um and so once we step into this idea of seasonality that everything kind of ebbs and flows, I think we can get a better grasp on what's going to work right here right now and do that rather than living frustrated that what you tried to incorporate 2 months ago no longer persists that life got in the way, things got crazy and chaotic and you can no longer Get done what you want to do, right? Like life always has a way of rolling over top of you. Well, I believe that le- living seasonally is the opposite. You kind of stand up to life. Like you kind of put the, that agenda up, not in a way that's like, Oh, I run my life. I do my, um, I live the way that I want to live, but in a way that you can kind of ebb and flow. There's, there's more room to work with life rather than trying to fight against this all the time. And so seasonality really comes in and it provides harmony or that balance that you could say in life. And I know balance is like the big B word, that everyone thinks doesn't exist, but I really believe it does. And I think it only comes down to understanding that every day looks a little bit different. Your diet should change every day. Your your exercise routine is going to look a little bit different. Like nothing is static in life. And the more static it is, the more out of balance we're going to be, right? But the more we can ebb and flow and kind of create this flow, this rhythm to your life, the better off you're going to be. And the more in balance you're going to feel, So essentially, living seasonally is living in tune to nature's rhythm. It's making us more aware and appreciative of the beauty around us. So we can live in balance with our surroundings instead of constantly going up against conflict and um, hitting walls and being frustrated, right? It's this idea to embrace the natural rhythms of things that also helps to simplify your life. Plus, like I said, there's a startling amount of research popping up all over the place that is really profound. And it's that professing that our body goes through different seasons as well. And if we're not living seasonally, it is one of the greatest indicators of disease in our body because we hit that cortisol wall. We hit metabolic compensation and all the things that our body does to like put the brakes on and just start living for survival. So this brings up the question what changes if we start to change and work with the seasons instead of against it? Okay, so let's dig into seasonality. Honestly, most of us are really great about changing some aspects of our life seasonally. Like, think your wardrobe. You don't wear the same things in the winter as you do in the summer. And if you wore that wool sweater in the summer, you would be an itchy, miserable, hot mess, right? And the same thing goes. Like, in the summertime, Uh, You don't need a coat. You can wear shorts. And in the wintertime, you need to start getting that coat and piling on the layers to keep yourself warm. So a lot of us have seasonal closets, but that's kind of where it ends. Obviously, seasonal decorations is a thing mostly based on holidays, but we do see this this lifestyle of seasonality here. But seasonality is so much more than just what we wear. It's an important part. And in fact, how you change your wardrobe with the seasons actually makes a difference biologically. And we're going to talk about that because it's really fascinating like how wearing winter clothes in the summertime can actually be a detriment to your metabolism and wearing the wrong colors can actually slow your metabolism. I know that sounds like way out there, but it really makes sense when it comes down to how your body is trying to function, what it's trying to hold on to or get rid of based on the season. So we're going to dig into that. But before we do that, like let's just stick with this seasonality for a minute and talk about how living seasonally is directly linked to how we biologically respond, like moving from a stress response to a thriving natural reaction, meaning you can get bigger results with small, simple changes. Like this is really the way, the only way that small, simple changes work is by this change with the season. So to give you a few examples of what biological processes work here, here here's some things inside of our body that should change as a temperature change and environmental changes. So one is your circadian rhythm, which is your wake and sleep cycles. Now, we know this to be true, right? Like we can physically see this with our own eyes in the summer when the sun's up a lot longer. It is easier to wake up in the morning and it's easier to stay up later at night. Like our body physiologically doesn't need as much sleep as in the short winter days when the sun is up for only a short period of time, right? There's a lot more darkness. We tend to get a little bit more sluggish, more hibernation like, and we need a little bit more sleep. And again, the circadian rhythm is directly affected by the seasons and it's based on the sun. Sunlight makes a huge difference for circadian rhythm. So that's one. The second one is mood. Again, we don't need a lot of description about this because we can feel it, right? Like in the winter, we tend to be a little bit more to ourselves, a little more depressed and lonely, maybe anxious. In the spring, there's more vibrancy for life. It's like new day, a new life, a new hope. And the summer, it's actually a time for happiness and relationships, but it's also this time for intense heat. And oftentimes, We see a lot more anger and violence in this phase, and it has to do with the heat and not escaping heat from your body, um, which is directly affecting your mood. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on, but it is really fascinating. Another thing is your immune system. Our immune system is greatly different in the winter and the summer. In the summer, it's actually revving at full force. Um, It's up. It's working. In the winter, it's a little bit more sluggish and slow. A change in brain activation, which really goes back to mood, but our response times, our energy, um, our relationships, how we think is going to be different in the seasons. And last but not least is metabolism. And this changes is based on insulin activation in the body. And this is based on body temperature, um, what you eat, what you're wearing, how you're thinking, all the things. Basically, our metabolism is going to go again in the wintertime from a little bit slower. Uh, a little bit more sluggish to kind of revving in the summertime. And this is just the tip of the iceberg on what they're finding. But how powerful these five things are, it's pretty incredible. So when we look at this, the reason that the change is really incredible or why we need to change, maybe is better a way to say that, is because of two things. One is called metabolic compensation, which we talked about in the podcast called Body Weight Set Point. So if you don't know anything about metabolic compensation, you should go back and listen to that podcast. But the second thing is called stress-induced survival mode. So basically, metabolic compensation is technically this idea that your body will come to the environmental level that you are providing it. Like meaning if you cut calories, your body is going to compensate for that lack of calories so its effectiveness disappears. So basically what metabolic compensation is is that your body's going to come to whatever level you're providing it. So if you try to cut calories to lose weight, your body is automatically going to lower your metabolism to meet that point, making the effectiveness Not there. So, meaning you're going to cut calories, you might lose a little bit, lose some weight in the process of your body compensating for that or coming to the compensation point. But once your body figures out that you've lowered calories, it's also going to figure out that it needs to lower your energy expenditure to meet that point, making it ineffective. We see metabolic compensation happening all the time, especially because we get into these static mindsets of I have to follow this macronutrient plan or I have to follow this amount of calories or I have to follow this exercise regimen. And whatever happens is the more consistent we are over the long term for something, the more our body's going to compensate for that or it's going to meet whatever environmental thing you're you're bringing to the table so that it's going to maintain homeostasis. Like it's going to become ineffective. So one of the best ways to overcome metabolic compensation is change. And what better way to do that than change with the seasons? So changing with the seasons is actually a great time to maintain a healthy or normal body weight because one of the worst things is just consistency. So to give you an example, back before we had perfectly controlled environments and people had to hunt and gather their own food, I didn't think about like, we're reading the book, Laura Ingalls Wilder. Still, if you followed along in the podcast, then you know, we've been in the series for a while, but I read it to my girls every night. It's always fascinating because in the summer, they often, you know, kind of shed some weight towards the beginning of the summer and spring and summer as they're out busy and they're working in the fields. But then slowly over the course of the summer, they start putting an abundance on because they're eating an abundant harvest in the summer. And so their body naturally switches to start to gain some weight And then over the course of the winter, they slowly start to lose that weight. And the reason is, is because they didn't have the food on hand to maintain it all throughout the winter. Like there was more scarcity in the winter. So they kind of ebbed and flowed with the seasons. Like their body knew when there was an abundance to kind of add all of that, right? To pack that on, to save it, to conserve it. Or in the winter, they would lose it. Now I'm not talking a lot of weight, but just enough to sustain thriving and not just surviving, right? Like of course the survival of the fittest is, is body weight matters, right? Survival of the fittest is the fattest live the longest. Um, and so body weight does matter to survival. But once we get into this place of thriving, we can see our body kind of go through natural ebbs and flows of five or 10 pounds here and there, but you should equally lose that when you gain that. But that can only come from change, metabolic compensation, which happens with the seasons. The second thing again was stress-induced survival mode. Stress-induced survival mode means you're putting your body under more harm and danger, increasing the stress response in your body, which is cortisol. And we've talked about cortisol before. Cortisol is this energy conservation, immunity conservation, and fat conservation, right? Like cortisol holds all the things in as it waits for this fight-or-flight response to take over. Like whatever the danger is that it's going to conserve all of its energy until it's needed. That's cortisol, working at its finest, um, and that's what survival mode is doing. And stress-induced survival mode, I can't tell you how many people I encounter on a counseling basis that have this. I mean, so many people, right? Like, we're just stressed beyond our capacity, um, and therefore our body is compensating for that and conserving more of these resources that we really don't need to hang on to. Um, And so stress is a big problem. Which brings me to the fact that if seasonality stresses you out, like it's doing the opposite effect of what it should. I know some of these things can be overwhelming. Like, um, for instance, I was talking to my sister about meal planning and she's like, I have to stop looking at meal planning as restrictive and rigid because then I never want to do it and it becomes a huge stress in my life. And instead, we need to start looking at these things as how can they open up freedom So I feel like for my sister, once she changed her mindset from meal planning to being strict and rigid to, okay, meal planning is going to give me the freedom that I don't have to go to the grocery store every day. Like it's going to give me freedom in time, freedom in decisions and all the things. And once she put that positive spin on it, then it became something she liked to do. And I think that's what we need to do with seasonality to understand that this is going to create freedom in your life, movement in your life, and it's not here to be another rigid structure. But at the same time, the stress-induced survival mode is showing us that structured systems don't work because oftentimes they're putting more stress on the body, which is causing it to conserve, not to get rid of. So we have to use seasonality as a positive thing, as something you desire to do, and that's going to bring you a lot of joy. Anyways, there are five ways or five things I think it's important to keep track of, Or keep in mind when it comes to seasonality, I'm going to share those five things and then we're going to move into how you should be living for spring and summer. But first up, let's get into those five things because I think these five things help prevent your body from getting stuck. And if you feel like your body is stuck, this is the perfect system for you. Because what I really believe is that eating seasonally isn't just a good idea, it's a necessity, like having a warm coat in the wintertime. Plus, it makes eating healthy so easy and natural, just like what you wear. Like, it becomes that easy as changing your wardrobe for the different seasons. You can kind of start to learn how to change your lifestyle based on that, and it just becomes more natural, right? Like, it becomes something you want to do because it's what your body craves and desires. So what are my five tips to creating a seasonal rhythm? One is it's often, like, if you think about this, it's often living opposite of what the environment provides. So, what that means is like in the hot, fiery, humid summer, you wanna eat light, crisp, cold, dry foods, right? Like you kinda of wanna do the opposite. On the other hand, like in the winter, if it's cold, dry, the air's light, unpredictable, like winter, you're gonna to wanna to provide more warmth and comfort, density, oily, and moist lifestyle measures. So, like, think in the summer. More raw food, smoothies, salads, fresh produce, light grains, like that kind of thing. And in the winter, it's more of your dense comfort foods like sweet potatoes, carrots, root vegetables, casseroles, oils, fat, high protein. And so that's tip one. If you're like stuck and you're like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to do. Think, what is the season doing? Like how, how is the temperature? How's the weather? And then do the opposite of that. That's what your body needs. Number two is establish a routine. This is the most important part in this is that it just becomes a natural rhythm to you. And honestly, I just think routines are good ideas in general because having a set routine or rhythm generally means you have a good handle on its habits. Now, here's the thing that I really am starting to believe about rhythms that's different from a habit. So a habit I feel like is something you do, like you've become accustomed to, but habits can be good or bad. I believe rhythms, on the other hand, is a different way of looking at that. Rhythms is just more of this natural flow to life. I think if you have a bad habit, it's not natural for you. Like your body's still fighting it at some level. You've just normalized it. But just because it's normal doesn't mean it's right. And so A rhythm is something more that you desire, that you like, that's in flow and in tune with your body's rhythms. And it's just a desire. Like I said, it's something so positive. So I don't believe that we can have bad rhythms to life. I believe we can have bad habits, not bad rhythms. And that's why I want you to focus on rhythms of life, not habit formation. Rhythms, like I said, are those things that you do repetitively over time that add up and that you enjoy. So we need to start establishing a routine based on what you already do in a day And then add things that you like to do and that are based on the season. Like think looking at your morning routine and seeing how you can change that seasonally. So just to give you an idea of this, for instance, for me in the winter months, my morning routine looks much different than the spring. Now, I think in all of this, we have to be flexible, which is tip number three. And we're going to get into that for a second. But. My winter routine often looks like me waking up a little bit later, getting a little extra sleep, and then waking up to get under a blanket and read and pray and kind of do my quiet time and then exercise. But in the summer or in the spring, I start to wake up a little bit earlier and I hit the pavement. Like I go outside right away, get some fresh air because there's nothing better than that cool, crisp spring air get some sunshine. And then I come home and I read and pray. And for me, that's just like working with the natural rhythms of like fresh air in the spring, getting a little more sunshine, waking up a little bit earlier. Those things really help my body to thrive. So it doesn't have to look like huge changes. It could just look like reorganizing what you're already doing or adding a few new things in, um, taking a few things out. So kind of whatever, um, whatever you have, it's just small changes to that to fit the season. And once you have a routine, like I said, you can easily adjust it based on the seasons and activities, lifestyle, practices, and foods that you incorporate. This is going to be your homework at the end, so keep that in mind. Number three, though, was to be flexible because changing your diet and life for the seasons requires a lot of flexibility. So we have to be open to change, willing to change our day-to-day to fit what your body and life need in that moment to sustain the season, not just to survive, but to thrive. So for me, when I say change my morning routine from winter to spring, what that looks like is I don't just like, okay, on the first day of calendar spring, which is March, whatever, I instantly start waking up earlier and I switch my routine. No, no, no. Like I'm flexible in this. Like it's kind of slow changes as it changes or as the season slowly change. So I slowly started waking up a little bit earlier, but kept my devotional time in the morning before I worked out. And now as it's getting lighter earlier and it's warming up, I've flipped when I work out with when I pray and read, if that makes sense. So it's like kind of slow changes and being willing to be flexible. Like one day, if it happens to snow sometime in April, I'll go back to my winter routine for that day. So it doesn't have to be this structured, rigid thing, but being willing to listen to your body and to work with your body and the environment that you're in. So be flexible. Number four is listen to your biofeedback signals. If I could teach you nothing else in life, this would be it. It's just to listen to your body, to listen to your mind. which We're going to talk about this summer because like I said, love that concept of the mind. But our biofeedback signals are probably our greatest tool that we have in our body. And our biofeedback signals are things like cravings and energy levels, sexual desires, mood, your digestive system, uh, your body temperature, how you're thinking, uh, how you're sleeping. All of those things are biofeedback signals and they're telling your body how your body is functioning. The more signals you have firing, the more likely you are unhealthy. So what I mean by that is, do your joints hurt all the time? Are you having an inability to sleep? Are you craving all the things? Are you constantly exhausted and have brain fog? Like your body is telling you, Hey, listen up. We're not working real well over here. Can you help us out? But on the other hand, if you don't have a lot of symptoms, like if you're energized and otherwise feeling really well, like you just don't have those biofeedback signals going on all the time, like you're providing what your body needs and that is thriving. So our biofeedback signals are going to be our most valued tool that we have in our body, especially when we talk about the uniqueness of everyone, that everyone's going to respond a little differently. So like I said, our bodies are changing with the season. We know that. But how do we know if we're providing what we need? That is where the biofeedback signals come in. So this spring, as you change your diet and lifestyle based on the season, you can start to recognize, hey, have my cravings changed? Like, am I craving more things? Maybe I'm not providing my body the right thing. Or am I feeling really sluggish after I eat? Like, maybe I'm still having too heavy foods and dense and oily foods. Like, you can kind of start to play off what your body's telling you and then switch your routines, and your rhythms to fit that and try and diminish the biofeedback signals or at least quiet them because they've been satisfied. So our biofeedback signals are gonna be really, really critical. You have to listen to them in order to eat seasonally. And then number five is just do it. <laughs> like, just try it out. You don't have to do all of this. Like I said, it doesn't have to be a massive stress. You don't have to take the spring guide and think, oh my gosh, I can only eat these foods or I can only live this way. No, 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 no. Like when I gave you a produce list, like those are the foods that you should maybe incorporate more of into your life. It's not an all or none thing, like ebb and flow. Of course, you're still gonna eat some quote unquote comfort foods in the spring and you you might sleep in a few days, right? Like it's not the end of the world, but, but what we do wanna do is try to get into routines and rhythms that are natural. And then you can start to feel better and really experience it really experiences, but you just have to do it. Like you just have to get started. So the bottom line is that you have to know your body, listen to your body, and get familiar with the environment, and then start providing what your body needs. It really should be as easy as getting dressed in the morning. But our reality is that doing the same diet, the same program, and living in the same way through all seasons is doing nothing but harming our body. Like all things in nature, we have to live in the seasons, and our bodies are going to change, which means our requirements are also going to change. So make sure you adapt to the environment that you're given. And I can assure you great things are going to come. Not to mention like our genetic makeup and how our body is expressed, right? Like we have all these genes and we think they dominate our life. Like I have people who are like, well, I can't lose weight because it's just genetic. Well, you might be genetically predisposed to being overweight or obese, but that doesn't mean that those genes are going to fire. So what, what determines what genes are expressed in our body and therefore like come to be is called epigenetics, and it's how our environment or our lifestyle is interacting with these genes. So basically what it's saying is that, yes, we might have all these genes. We might be predisposed to all of this stuff, but we could prevent them from coming to light and fire better genes, our good genes, if we had the right environment, right? If we put a more of a focus on this epigenetics and how our environment and lifestyle impact our body, huge changes could come. And that's what I believe seasonality is doing. And when they start to study how the seasons are causing sickness, you know, like how people living in a static environment all the time is one of the leading causes of diseases. And one of the reasons I think they found this out was the study of epigenetics and how our environment changes that. So for instance, like I said, if you're wearing the wrong clothes in the summertime, clearly you're putting a stress on your body, right? If you're walking around in a wool sweater and jeans and boots Um, and you have a hat on, heat can't leave your body. And what is all that trapped heat doing, right? It's causing a fiery system. It's changing the way your genes are expressed in order to survive that. Plus, there's a whole host of genetic response going on. Your mood, you're going to be super grouchy. In a wool sweater in the winter, in the summertime, like itchy equals grouchy. I mean, all the things, right? You can see how this is going to just like kind of all fall in suit, And while we tend to be really good about changing our wardrobe with the seasons, we are really bad about changing other aspects of our life. So that's just your encouragement to make it known that our seasons, not just external environmental seasons, but our lifestyle seasons that we're in should determine how we live. And without changing other seasons, it's really going to do more harm than good. So let's get into the spring season spring is one of my favorite seasons of all and one of the reasons is it's one of the greatest time to see great renewal and change inside your body spring is known as the detox season now you might be like oh yeah 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 like right like that's what everyone says but we can see this in our life like people often have this urge to spring clean to start getting rid of like to kind of clear out the nest to drop the winter coat to put away things and bring to life new things like this is inside of us. um, And it's the natural rhythm of the body is to detox. Now, like I said, during the season, oftentimes earth is full of like new birth. There's new farm animals being born and um, new wild animals. There's new beginnings, renewal and growth. And our physiology really does sense a natural opportunity for a fresh, clean start as do our body. Like our bodies are primed to lighten things up to cleanse ourselves of any accumulated imbalances, rejuvenate our deepest tissues, and really just lighten the load. Literally, we're trying to reduce the weight and heaviness of winter, getting rid of old wanted items and toxins. Like Our bodies are trying to purge, and we often are trying to purge our lives as well. What's fascinating about this is that what's in season, food-wise, are often the most detoxifying foods that we have. So we have like bitter greens like arugula and cilantro, and we have berries, like all of these things that help cleanse our body and then restore it back into its natural form. So like I said, spring season is often one of the best times for minimizing excess, for getting rid of the accumulation and transitioning into the summer months. I love spring. So what are some things that you should be doing to live healthy this spring? One is, is that you should really still be focusing on going to bed at a reasonable time, but to get up a little bit earlier, to use the extended daylight hours, um, to wake up and work out before the day gets started. Morning sun is going to be really, really critical to like revitalize and re nutrify your body after winter. This is a great way to not only detoxify, but re-nourish yourself this is also a great season to do anything that helps in the detoxification process. And my free detox guide, which I'm not here just like throwing a promotion for my detox or my the simple cleanse, what, but this is really one of the best times to do that. So if you've never cleansed your body, this is a huge time. In fact, I'm doing it right now um, and it is so good and it makes you feel so good. And your body is just going to go along with this better, right? You're not going to crave more things. This is technically a time where your appetite decreases a little bit and you want lighter foods. So it really is an easy time to do this. But anything that detoxifies your body. So in the spring, I really focus on dry brushing. I focus on doing a lot more tongue scraping. I And I'm going to link up all these tips if you have no idea what I'm talking about. um, These are just simple things like $5 tools that can help your body. Dry brushing is basically where you're circulating your lymphatic fluid, like you're brushing the skin in circular motions to move your lymphatic fluid. Tongue scraping is literally using a tool to scrape off the excess on your tongue. It's highly disgusting and so awesome at the same time. Epsom salt baths can be huge. Sitting in a sauna is Really, really great moving your body, getting massages. This is a great time to do any and all that. But as we think about detoxification, it's also a huge time to hydrate and hydrate well. Coming off the winter when we don't need quite as much hydration, we're not moving as much or sweating as much. This is a time when our body really needs to mobilize those toxins and it does that through fluid and it's often released in our fluids. Um, And so getting more hydration, especially like warm lemon water in the morning is a huge thing. Also, another thing that I didn't mention is a neti pot. Spring tends to be like a heavier time of moisture. So we see a lot of colds, congestion, hay fever, allergies, right? And the neti pot can just kind of help moisten your nasal passages, but at the same time, get rid of the congestion that's in there. Um, so spring, those are some great tips to add to your routine. I know that I focus a little bit more on all of those things this season and it really does make a huge difference. Like I said, none of them take a lot of time or cost a lot of money other than buying a sauna, which I still really love. Um, but it, it really can make a huge difference. So basically what I want you to remember about spring is never overindulge in spring. Like, even on exercise, on eating well, on cleansing your house, right? Like, don't overindulge, but do it all with with the right mindset in the right way. Now, when we go into a diet, many people are going to notice a natural but distinct shift in your cravings as winter gives way to spring. What you're going to notice is there's a huge decline for heavy, substantial foods, and you're going to start to crave lighter foods, you're going to see a decline in your appetite, and you're probably going to crave more fresh things like fresh fruits, more salads, vegetables. And this is, again, your body giving way to this detoxification process of trying to cleanse the body of the excess fat and oils that are in your system and really give way to this like light, nourishing, nutrient-dense diet. That's going to give you the extra energy that you need because spring is a time of kind of working hard, right? It's a time of like revving up our body to get things done. We often have more energy to exercise or start an exercise program. This is all great times to do this. But like I said, it has to be balanced, like not doing anything in overabundance. Yes, your body can be pushed more in the season, but never pushing it to an extreme. So even when I say that with a diet, right, when we talk about having lighter foods, often people want to go instantly to cold foods. I'm never really a huge proponent of cold foods. Sure, raw foods. um, But I still think there's a warm aspect that's so satisfying to our body and helping our digestive system. So to keep our digestive system revving at its And which also is gonna help our metabolism. Trying to keep our food slightly warm, yet light is going to be really critical. And making sure our hydrating beverages are not ice cold. I'm always going to go for room temperature or warm water. And all of this is going to help your body kind of readjust to getting rid of so that you can, you know, lighten your load essentially. So, for instance, for breakfast, you could be eating a fruit-based breakfast. I've been loving smoothies this spring. You could do fruit and yogurt parfait. You could do a light hash that has some fresh vegetables or fruits in it. Um, And then I just do a warm tea. Then for lunch, it could be like light cooked grains with steamed vegetables, maybe some legumes, like really lower on the protein, lower on the fat. Like you're really trying to just reduce that and bring in more vibrancy and life, but in a lightness. So some fruits and vegetables that are in season, of course, any of the berries like this is the time for berries, blueberries, cherries, cranberries, raspberries, strawberries, strawberries even lemons, peaches, pears. I mean, they're coming. Pomegranates are in season. So those are great fruits, vegetables, is artichoke, asparagus, beets and beet greens, arugula. Any of the bitter greens are really great. Chard, spinach, white potatoes, new peas, lettuce, mushrooms, all of those things are going to be great vegetables for spring. So like I said, spring is kind of this time to detoxify, to let go of. So you want to think lighter, not overdoing it, but kind of pushing at the same time. So waking up earlier, getting your workout routine. This is a great time to start something new if you've been looking for that, a new diet, um, a new workout regimen, all of those things. This is the perfect time for that. So that's the idea behind spring. Go to bed a little bit earlier, rise a little bit earlier, walk in the sunshine, and focus on light, fresh foods. Now, when we move into the summer, like I said, there's a distinct difference between spring and summer. Not quite like fall and winter, you know, to summer, but there is a distinct difference because we go from this idea of detoxification to um, an idea of an abundance of harvest. And so what we see in the summertime is that people push themselves really hard. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot to get to. But I think in this push that we need to be aware that we can't over push ourselves, right? Like that we can still overdo it. Yes, the daylight is longer and you can actually sleep less in the summer. So you can set your alarm a little bit earlier, stay up a little bit later intend to function less like your circadian rhythm gets a little bit shorter, which is great, Um, and, but we just need to be aware of the heat of the day. Like the the summertime heat is really powerful. And while the sun is super energizing, it can really be depleting at the same time. You know this, if you've worked outside in the heat of the day, like it's exhausting, right? Um, and so being aware that we can push ourselves and work hard, but we need to have this balance of play at the same time of like this mellow intensity of relaxation and grounding, Um, And so it's, again, this balance that we need to get of working hard, but also playing hard. So, you know, taking some vacation days, taking time off to go to an adventure, hitting the pool in the heat of the day, really trying to accept the heat in the morning to use the heat to your advantage, but in the heat of the day, kind of mellow that out by cooling yourself down of course, in the summertime with the heat of the day, like our digestive system is definitely going to be pushed to more extremes. What you're going to find is that your cravings and your appetite are just going to decrease. In fact, if you crave things, it's probably cool, moist things like ice cream and popsicles um, and watermelon. This is the time of the year to eat that, to eat the cooling foods that are going to help cool your body down. Because if we get too much heat going inside of us, we actually are going to hurt our digestive system. It's going to cause us to be cranky and moody, to not sleep as well, or to be overexhausted and to gain weight. So we need to find this balance of pushing, of heating your body up or allowing that heat to be there, but also cooling it down. And when we talk about the digestive system probably being the most stressed in the season, it's also really important that we don't overeat. This is the one time that we want to just kind of do light, easy meals, um, be really aware of our eating so we don't overeat. Some of the things that we should be eating or focusing on are like cool, crisp vegetables like avocados, um, grapes, coconut, limes, mangoes, melons, pots Pineapple, pomegranates, these are all great summer fruits and vegetables are basically anything you could grow in your garden. Tomatoes and cucumbers and artichokes and cabbage and cauliflower and greens, tomatoes, bell peppers, all of those things. Those are really great vegetables to be eating in the summer. And then, of course, we'll talk about in the seasonal guide, the best rices and legumes. But here in the summertime, when that digestive system is what we would call fiery, protein is going to be harder to digest especially in the heat of the day and excess amounts of fat so you want to stay on the lighter side of of more raw things and also more cool things and having a great balance of that but if you do eat a protein-based meal it's probably going to be the best digested in the evening after the heat of the day has surpassed so just keeping your meals light and easy some Lifestyle tips to really focus on in the summer is that you're going to find that we're like people bursting with energy, right? Like we have all this energy making morning the best time for exercise or outside the heat of the day. That's going to be really critical. Fragrances and aromatherapy are surprisingly healing in the summertime. And the reason for this is they think our senses are very heightened in the summer, which makes sense because in the winter, like they're dull because outside our environment is pretty dull, right? Like the grass isn't green, the trees aren't budding, like there's nothing really to be excited or heightened about. So we have more of a dullness to our senses where in the summer, it's very heightened. There's lots of color, there's lots of smells, there's lots of taste, there's lots of sounds. Um, And so we have this like heightened sense, sensory system going, and we can use that to our advantage and actually use aromatherapy to help decrease our stress levels, to help keep us grounded, to help create positive memories, all the things. So aromatherapy or using like essential oils in the summer can be a really powerful thing. I'm going to do an entire podcast about that later on, but for now, just know that. So like some scents that are great in the summertime are more of the flowery scents like rose, um, hibiscus, sandalwood, those things. Another thing is, again, to stay very hydrated in the summertime. This is a time when your body's trying to release a lot of heat, and hydration is a great way to do that. Um, Even adding a pinch of salt or some cooling things like cucumber to your water or mint to your water, those can help. Also drinking herbal teas, cooling herbal teas like mint or hibiscus tea can be really great. Eat cooling foods, like I mentioned. Moisturize daily. Now, summer can be a really moist time for some people, not anything like spring, but moist in the sense of humidity. But what's fascinating is that the sweat and the salt that you lose or the sodium that you lose when you sweat, it's actually very drying on your skin. So a great way to help your body to... Maintain hydration is to moisturize your body. So in the summer, a coconut oil is a really great thing. Coconut and castor oil actually can be a really great thing mixed together. I'll share that in the show notes. But moisturizing your body and then adjusting your bedtime. Like I said, you just don't need quite as much sleep in the summertime as you do in the wintertime. And so you can stay up a little bit later, but also keep getting up earlier because the longer you sleep in, you're going to kind of throw this system up. So If you want to stay up later, just make sure you don't oversleep um, and kind of wake up with the sun because that's going to help keep you seasonally well. So summer is, like I said, the time to get outside more, get more sunlight. Typically, your body craves more energy in the form of natural carbohydrates like light foods to stay grounded. Walking outside barefoot is huge in the summertime. And this is a great time to be more relational. The winter, we're actually um, more introverted and more to ourselves. um, And we just have less energy for things. But in the summer, this is a great time to like have barbecues and have friends over and work on and establish relationships. It's a really healthy time for that because again, our body is energized and ready to go. So those are some tips for summer. Now there's one last tip that I wanna give you in the summer, which is really fascinating to me. So when we talk about our body becoming fiery, What they're linking this to is that when we conserve too much heat and we aren't allowed to let it escape our body, our body can kind of swell with heat. And when it links that back to our mood and our emotions, like I talked about at the beginning, the five big things that are being studied as it relates to seasons, like our circadian rhythm, our mood, um, our metabolism, those kind of things. What they're finding is that the heat of the summer is actually the number one time for violence. Now, they've studied this and found this out, obviously, because of police reports, right? So, for instance, the Des Moines Police Department shows that there's more violent crimes are committed during the summer months than any other time of the year. And some research is showing is that actually trapped heat or living and eating in the wrong way can actually make a person more volatile or violent. And it's because of the trapped heat inside the body that's changing the brain chemistry. So, not to say that anyone is violent here, but could you be less moody in the summer and if we just allowed our body to cool down based on these seasonal changes, right? Like, isn't that so fascinating? I don't know. It blew my mind. Just the power that seasonal living has and the lack of commitment that we've given it in the past and how much could change. And so, We know though, right? Like when you're hot and tired and worn out and stuffy, like when you have too much heat in your body, it is easy to be angry. Like I think we've all been angry at some point in the summer because we're too hot and we're too itchy and we're too all the things. But if we can take time to actually live seasonally and create rhythms established around this about having a balance between work and play, of of this mellow intensity, I like that word because it just like brings both of them together, then we can start to understand how to cool our body down, to eat more of the cooling foods, to have the popsicle, to go to the pool in the afternoon, or to stay inside in the intensity of the heat in the afternoon and do your work outside in the morning or the evening um, to get your exercise first thing. All of those things are really going to help our body to escape the heat instead of just building it up and helping our body to just kind of like live fresh and thrive. Anyways, those are the tips for for spring and summer. I know I went through them really quickly and you're probably thinking, oh my gosh, how am I going to do this? Don't worry. That's where the free guide comes in. Make sure you head on over to simpleartswellness.com backslash 144 to get all the information on how to live for the spring and summer season. And then when you get that, I want you to remember, you don't have to do it all. Like you don't have to eat just the foods on the summer produce list, although it's pretty easy in the summer because there's a lot of them, right? Or in the spring, like it's okay if you have a comforting food every now and then. This is not an all or nothing, but a means of just slowly incorporating more of these lifestyle practices and foods into your everyday to experience more of that health. Like it's a rhythm. So pick one or two things and just start incorporating them into your life. What's cool about this is this is the natural way our body wants to live. And so you're gonna pick them up really fast. Like these aren't things that should feel like a force, but things that your body actually starts to crave. Like it just becomes who you are. Remember, this is not a habit, but a rhythm. And that's what's so cool. So pick one or two things. If you have no idea where to start, this is your homework. In fact, this is everyone's homework. I want you to take one day, maybe two days if you can, and I want you to write everything you do, everything you eat, your mood, all throughout the day. So on a sheet of paper, just write like, you know, 5.30 a.m., woke up, worked out, felt like this, like incorporate a mood based on what you were eating and start to get an idea of what your natural rhythm is, and then start to incorporate one or two things into that rhythm to make it more seasonal. I promise, once you start doing this, you're gonna love it. So just to give you an example, some of the things that I found as I lived a more seasonal life, it hasn't been anything massively drastic, but I used to have really irregular menstrual cycles and now they are on point and they used to be like really heavy and crampy and are another month light. Um, Sometimes they were 10 days late, sometimes they were 10 days early, sometimes they didn't get it at all. Um, But what I found, this is one of the best ways that I've actually balanced my hormones and I have a natural flow and a steady mood. I also feel like I have more energy and I'm able to listen to my body. So to provide what it needs and to take breaks when it needs it or to push myself when I can't. So it's been really, really cool. If you've been doing seasonal eating since the last podcast that I posted in the fall, I would love to know what you found. I mean, I think what's so cool about seasonal living is that this isn't a quick fix, which is unfortunate for some people. But I think over the long term, it's going to have huge benefits to the body. And we're going to see like this lightness and the freeness to it. And we're going to start to get things more in control because when it becomes a natural rhythm, it's no longer something you have to do. It's no longer this confined thing that we become obsessive about. But health just becomes who you are, right? Like it just becomes a part of you not something you do, but who you are. And that is where we're going. That, that is like the money spot that I want us all to be at. So again, seasonal living isn't an overnight fix, but I believe in the long run, it's just this is the best way to become healthy, to, to make health who you are, right? Not what you do. So to get started, write out that list, the rhythms list, two days of what you're doing, everything that you're doing and eating and how you're feeling in between. Tedious, of course. But you only have to do it for a day or two and then start to figure out where you can incorporate these natural spring rhythms into that and watch the change. I can assure you, you're going to be surprised. It's going to be amazing. Okay, that's it for now. Make sure you go to the show notes, simpartswellnesscom backslash 144 to get all the information on today's show, to download the spring and summer Nourishing Rhythms Guide. And I'll link up the podcast so you can listen to the other podcasts about like the true Reason why we need to have seasonal living. But that is it. I love it. I think everyone should be doing it. It's super fascinating. And this is definitely not the last time you've heard from you'll hear from me on seasonal living. In the meantime, we have some great shows coming up before we get to that anxiety series this summer or that mindset series this summer, which is gonna start about mid-May. But next week we have one of the leading doctors in PCOS coming on to talk about PCOS and other hormones and women and her take on this huge hormonal issue we have going on in America. So I'm really excited to have her on, to have you listen to her and hear her story and her recommendations. So stay tuned next week. In the meantime, don't forget to head on over to the show notes, sign up for my email list, check back, and stay tuned because there are so many good things coming your way. Thank you so much, and I will see you back here next week.